are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. All right, ready to dive into the training camp roster and... We've then going to look at the rotation after that, try and kind of project a little bit the roles we see some of the players fitting in, who's going to get more minutes than others, all of that good stuff in today's show. Then if we have some time, we'll touch on James Harden and the Houston Rockets because, whoo boy, that is an unfun for situation if you are a Rockets fan. Though if you're a Pelicans fan, it's probably pretty funny because it is to me. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Okay, so let's take a look at the Pelicans training camp roster. And I'm, I'm going to warn you, this segment isn't really the most exciting thing that we could be doing because, frankly, the Pelicans roster is pretty much set. You've got basically your starting five. You know, you have 14 guys under contract for the regular season. The Pelicans are right up against the luxury tax, meaning they're likely not going to fill that 15th spot with a guy signed to the regular season roster. So it's going to mean there's just not a whole lot going on here. You know, you've got guys starting from the bench in Wenyan Gabriel, Willie Hernan Gomez, Sindarius Thornwell, guys that are probably going to be out of the rotation for the most part to start with. Then you've got Nikhil, Jackson Hayes, Nicolo Melli, Josh Hart, J.J. Redick, Eric Bledsoe, Alonzo Ball, Steven Adams, Brandon Ingram, and then Zion Williamson. It's 14 guys right there. That's the roster. Now, the Pelicans do have two two-way contracts, new ones that they've brought in for this year. They've got Will Magne, who played one season at Tulsa, has been playing uh, with the Brisbane team um, internationally in the Australia League, who's a big man who can maybe shoot threes on occasion, but probably not. It's more of a traditional big man that they're bringing in on a two-way contract. He's um, 22 years old, maybe shows some talent, 6'10". I don't know, it's a two-way contract. I don't get all that excited for these sorts of things. They also signed Najee Marshall out of Xavier to a two-way contract as well. A guy that, you know, can kind of play a little bit at that wing spot somewhat and maybe has some potential there. He had one good three-point shooting season in college, not a great three-point shooter otherwise, but has shown that he could be a decent rebounder enough on the wing. So two-way guy that might see some time with the Pelicans if, if, they have a couple of injuries, and I'm sure they're handling two-way contracts a little bit differently this year so they can be with the parent club more, but are only allowed to play in so many games. So right there, all of a sudden, now you're at 16 contracts, and then the Pelicans added four other guys who are basically training camp bodies. There's Jared Udhoff, there's Raleigh Atkins, Tony Carr, and then you've got E.K. Anabogu uh, as well to kind of fill out the roster. Some of those guys we know for sure are signed to exhibit 10 deals. Exhibit 10 deals basically are if you get cut from training camp and you sign with the Pelicans G League affiliate, in this case, the Erie Bayhawks, you get a bonus and you get some extra money, which is never a bad thing. So they might still be around the Pelicans organization, getting some coaching from various Pelicans coaches at various levels, but they're more or less just training camp bodies. We don't really need to go into them too much. Like I said, 
this segment is not that exciting, but that's who's practicing with the Pelicans uh, during this time. Having more bodies in training camp, you know, at 20 right now makes sense. Some guys are probably going to be limited due to COVID, I'm sure. Injuries and other things as they kind of just preemptively rest some people like Josh Hart was uh, had hapt, uh, kind of used in that way the other day. So more bodies so that you can kind of run through all the work that you want to do with your team and getting some of the guys that are going to be playing together in the rotation, playing minutes together already is only going to be a good thing. So it's not like, okay, cool, whatever. We can always play five on five. You want the right five playing with each other and then the right five on that other side playing with each other. And maybe you're missing some guys, so you need them to kind of go against some of these just training camp bodies so that you have things be a little bit more competitive than if they were playing against coaches. But for the most part, the Pelicans roster, at least right now going into the season, is set. Barring some shock cut somewhere else, and then the Pelicans would likely need to make a move to kind of duck them under the luxury tax. These are the guys that you're going to see. Those 14 names that I mentioned early on, not counting the two-way guys, not really looking much at any of the Exhibit 10 guys or potential G League guys. Those are going to be the players that play for the Pelicans next year. But in what order, what rotation, what combinations? Let's get into that a little bit coming up here in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get to that, life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. And then you throw 2020 on top of that. And basically, we live in the most difficult of times right now. You need stress relief that's going to go beyond quick fixes, and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help make you feel better. A little overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with their kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Who wouldn't want more of all of that stuff right now in the year that we live in? Headspace is backed by 25 public published studies on its benefits, 600,000, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal you're going to get right now. So head over to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. All right. So let's take a look at what the Pelicans rotation could look like coming into this season. It's, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to kind of figure out either because there's a lot of things that are still going to be kind of fluid. And obviously some guys are going to start off in a kind of a projected role and then maybe fall into the doghouse to some degree or not live up to that. And then those minutes go to someone else. That's going to be a very regular thing as they really start to kind of solidify who gets minutes past the top eight guys, because the top eight guys, I think it's very clear 
who are going to get minutes and kind of who aren't going to get minutes. So we know the starting lineups likely to be Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams in that order. I think all of those guys, other than maybe Steven Adams, are playing 30-plus minutes. I think you see Eric Bledsoe right around 30 minutes per game, Lonzo Ball at around 32 minutes per game, Brandon Ingram right around 34, Zion Williamson also around 32 to 34, and then Steven Adams in that kind of 28 to 30 range. I'm leaving them in flux. We don't need to nail this down exactly, but largely those are the guys getting the most significant minutes. They're your starters. It makes the most sense, right? I do think for the most part that will likely be the closing lineups to some degree, though I think you could see Lonzo Ball subbed out of that closing lineup for a guy like Josh Hart or J.J. Redick or any of the other ones, depending on what the Pelicans want to kind of do in terms of a lineup, but most likely for J.J. Redick or Josh Hart in a situation like that. I think off the bench, J.J. Redick and Josh Hart are the guys that are going to get the two most minutes. Redick's going to kind of be in that 25-26 minute range, basically the same for Josh Hart too, depending on on which positions they use Josh Hart at. And then I think you'll see at least one more guy start to get kind of significant minutes, I think, um, at that kind of hybrid, small forward, power forward spot. It's likely to be Wenyan Gabriel off the bat. You could be looking at him playing 15 to 18 minutes. Everyone seems high on him. I'm not nearly as high on him, but I understand the attributes that he brings to the team. And that's something that Stan Van Gundy really seems like he would like. So those are the probably the eight guys who get the most minutes going into this. I think you see maybe Jackson Hayes in that 10 to 12 minute range. It's going to depend on how much they trust Zion Williamson at center. And do they feel comfortable with him there and then needing, you know, not needing a guy like Jackson Hayes as much? Or does Zion just struggle at that spot and you need to go with someone a little bit taller who fills that in kind of the more prototypical way like Jackson Hayes does? I think there are some minutes from a backup guard to really step in for maybe 10 minutes or so a night. Likely Nikhil Alexander-Walker to kind of really run that second unit when you need a little bit more explosiveness and playmaking in the backcourt. I don't think Kyra Lewis Jr. is ready for that role just yet. I think all rookies are going to struggle in general. So I really don't see a ton of minutes being given to him, at least early on. Maybe as the year goes on, if Nikhil doesn't play well, then you'll see Kyra get the chance. But if Nikhil does take that step forward that we're all hoping for, I do think he can solidify that that spot a, you know, in a 10 minute role per game role player kind of thing, similar to what they did to a degree, but maybe better than Frank Jackson last year, where you saw Frank closing out certain halves. And I think they really like what they have in Keel from that perspective. And so I could see him fitting into that role and being that guy that gives you a little bit more defense out on the perimeter. And then guy who can hit shots and play, make and create for others too. So that leaves guys like Nicolo Melli out to a degree. I think Melly is going to get some front court minutes, but I don't think you're really looking at him right now getting an absolute ton. Maybe Wenyan Gabriel doesn't get that 15 to 18 minute range, and maybe that goes to Nicolo Melly instead. You know, I don't think Melly gives you much on the defensive side of the ball. I didn't think his rebounding was particularly great, but you know what? He's a shooter. 
even if he wasn't great last year and at least spaces the court from that perspective, someone that something that Gabriel does not give you. So maybe you can kind of split their minutes. You're kind of still tr- figuring out which of those two guys is going to emerge from this battle in training camp. One of them should kind of grab that role. I have not mentioned Willie Hernan Gomez here. He's on a partially guaranteed contract, which I think is a little bit telling that maybe they don't really want to go into the season with him. Maybe he's somewhat here just for training camp purposes um, or part of the year to see and maybe just kind to use him to motivate Jackson Hayes a little bit. Um, he's a useful guy, but he kind of fills a lot of the roles that other dudes do. And I think, you know, if you don't trust Jackson Hayes just yet, then he takes Hayes's minutes. Those eight minutes, 10 minutes kind of at center that you might need to fill in if Zion's not comfortable there, or if he or Steven Adams are struggling and in foul trouble. That's where I think those guys will really play. I think Sindarius Thornwell starts on the outside looking in, but can steal a guy like Nikhil's minutes very easily. And that kind of just energetic guard minutes if um, no one really kind of steps up into that role. So a lot of this is really fluid. What's also going to be interesting and might skew some of this is you're probably going to see a lot of three guard lineups for New Orleans, more so than we even saw last year. There's really no one else on the wing other than Brandon Ingram. Like there's very little depth there, meaning New Orleans is going to have to run three guard lineups with then Zion and a guy like Steven Adams up front. I think you can run Josh Hart there somewhat. You'll see JJ Redick there too. Or maybe you do something like Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, and Nikhil and kind of get a little bit weird with it. I think you'll also see Zion at the three, as they had mentioned, doing some three-like things with some other guys around him. That likely means that Nicolo Melli is going to be in one of those lineups. If Zion's at the three, I think you just need some shooting out there too on the perimeter from a big man. So a lot of this is almost a fool's errand to try and project, but I do think it's safe to probably predict at least the first seven or eight guys in their roles that they're going to be playing. And you kind of know what that is. Um, And if someone does play well, you can see these minutes getting kind of shifted around a little bit. I could see Wendell Gabriel got not getting nearly as many minutes as I mentioned, and maybe him getting those halved in those minutes, you know, the other half going to someone else. So it's, it's really fluid looking at it, but I do think again, Bledsoe right around 30 minutes per game, Lonzo ball at a 32 or so, Brandon Ingram at 34, Zion kind of, you know, 32, 33, 34 minutes per game, Steven Adams in 28 to 30. Those are the guys, are going to smoke up the main minutes at those positions. J.J. Redick would be shocked to see him above 26 minutes per game. Same for Josh Hart. I think you kind of give them about the same minutes. And then it's one of Wenyan Gabriel uh, or Nico Lomelli kind of filling out that roster in that spot in the front court and kind of playing a little bit um, to soak up those minutes without Zion or Steven Adams out there. So that's kind of the rotation um, and some of the roles that these guys are going to be playing early. So keep an eye on for that training camp battle of Wenyan Gabriel, Nico Lomelli. How is Nikhil look? There were good reviews about him the other day coming from Stan Van Gundy and his conditioning. It's important if he wants to stay out there on the court and play really well. So We'll see. Training camp is underway. We get our first Pelicans game in like six days, by the way. It was a week from yesterday. So we're going to get an idea of what this team might look like pretty damn soon. So coming up, let's laugh at the Houston Rockets. Why not? It's kind of funny because they are imploding before our very eyes. Have been for a while, and it's really starting to kind of hit its crescendo, hit the climax of everything. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a second. Before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Bill 
go. Everyone's got a wall they've got to get through. Maybe it's me prepping for the show. Maybe it's me working out or you working out or you getting ready for a big meeting or presentation you've got coming up. Sometimes just being motivated is not the easiest thing and you need something to help you break through that wall. Well, that something is Built Go because Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every single day and it's easy to take one and a half ounce energy gel packages. Put them in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or take it before you start working out to get exactly what you need. Built Go, basically the best workout gel out there on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling and it's natural. So it's going to be better for your body overall. It's like drinking an energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. And that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast. Built Low is loaded with good stuff to ignite your workout or that work presentation you're trying to get through. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, wrapping up today's show here, uh, the Houston Rockets. We've talked about them a lot. Tillman Fertito, according to Kendrick Perkins, seems to be kind of be running them into the ground a little bit, cutting costs, just an overall disaster and kind of wrecking of what was a competitive franchise. And now we've heard the rumors that uh, James Harden wants out. They just traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall and a first-round pick. And Wall looked good in the in the clips that I saw, of course, but he hasn't really played basketball in two years. But Harden still wants out, and it is a mess. And now with training camp starting, looks like he hasn't shown up. And new head coach Steven Silas said, yeah, he's supposed to be here, but he's not here. He has a reason. You'll have to ask him. You're hearing a lot of stuff that sounds like Alvin Gentry when Anthony Davis wanted out, when he was like, look, this isn't my job. I'm here to coach the players that we have. And you're already going through that with James Harden. And we're like five days into training camp. That is not particularly great sounding. The thing is that James Harden has two more years on his deal. And so he doesn't really have the leverage to force himself out. He's there this year. Maybe next year they need to trade him if they don't want to lose him for anything. But he's doing kind of that thing where you're just so destructive that it kind of just makes it so an untenable situation and the team has to trade you. What Anthony Davis tried to do, but it didn't work. But this feels a little bit more destructive. They had videos and photos of James Harden at a party for somebody and at a strip club. might have been the same thing. Um, in Atlanta, instead of reporting to training, camp and quarantining and getting tested so that he could show up to practices and look he played in the bubble he's a pro he obviously is such a good player that is you know him wanting a little bit more time to rest doesn't bother me a ton however this is a bad situation for a new head coach to come into who's trying to put his mark on the franchise and get other players to listen to him and believe in him and when the star player is not showing that I don't know if that leads to success and with a lot of strong personalities, DeMarcus Cousins on this roster, Daniel House, who had some issues in the bubble too, this could be a bit of a mess and I'm going to be curious to watch them, but it feels like because of all of this, they're going to have to trade Harden sooner rather than later. And the second they do that, that's when I start to write off this team and not have them in playoff contention. They're still there. Harden, Wall will get you pretty far. Harden by himself will get you pretty far, to be perfectly honest. But uh, this is awful. And it's the fans who are getting shafted in all of this, right? Like Harden maybe doesn't like Fertitta and some of the Trump ties or how cheap he's being, all of that stuff. But 
Fertitta's going to keep making his money. The NBA just announced they're giving every team $30 million to deal with the hardships of this season. He's not getting really punished by all of this other than just not having a competitive team, but I don't know if he cares so much about that. It's the fans that are getting punished by all of this, and it sucks. We went through that here in New Orleans. It wasn't fun. You won't want to wish that on anybody else, but I will laugh at it when it's happening to a division rival and a team that I would like to see be not good. So we'll see where this one goes, but it seems like this is going to be drama around the Houston Rockets all season long. All right, that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.